1: Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. Oh, and this is Peyton Jones. Oh, my gosh. You know, you got to just think about that first-time visitor who's just now made it over to the Church Planner <laughs> podcast. You know, maybe they saw one of my webinars where I go, hey, I'm the host of the Church Planner podcast. Now, check out that guy. Let's, And then yeah. that's how we greet them.
2: And then they get on there and they're like, yeah, you guys are lame. I'm coming back here podcast
1: sucks. It, it, that probably happens more than I'd like to admit.
2: It probably does, and I have I've often thought like you and I can't record the smack talk after we've been serious. It just changes the tone. There's just no way that's going to happen. Yeah. But we could play the smack talk afterwards. So, you know, people don't hang out with us even though Oh, they,
1: no. No, see, here's the thing though. No, no. I the I The listeners I agree with you. they they are our friends. The ones that survive the smack talk they're the, they're, it's like family. They're the ones that I care
2: about. No, no. But I'm saying if we were purely whoring after numbers, we would do that. But that's not, look, you're church planners. We're church planners. That's not what we do. We don't just go after crowds. Right. And so there's a philosophical principle. I don't know how much money does the an, crowd have that will tell you if we go after crowds or not <laughs> spoken from a marketer. That's why that's why I'm a great church planner and a terrible marketer <laughs> that's how Pete and I met you know you missionaries suck at this whole like raising support thing. let me help you
1: and and in which case I don't think I ever did help you I don't, I don't... <laughs> no no, you didn't but uh it pretty much but you know it would, would have been good had I
2: helped I mean that that you would know would have been amazing but but what actually came out of our friendship is pretty much smack talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh by the way, if this is your first time joining us, uh good luck. And uh and we we hope you carry on. If you've been around for a while, you're probably going, hey, wonder what today's subject is. Peyton, what is today's subject? It is the
2: spiritual gifts. What are they good for? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Part what are they good for? Part two. Part dua. dua. So, uh, basically, um, what we do guys, we, we, we just chat and I'm going to tell a story in a minute here, but we chat at first because we figure if you're church planners, you're probably normal people, right? Like you're not like I was on a podcast, by the way, you guys have to check out, uh, not this week, but the, the, the following week we have a podcast that, Hardcore is going to be insane. I interviewed a guy named Dr. Timothy Jennings. He wrote a book called The God-Shaped Brain. Oh, my gosh. It was a mind-blowing podcast. But at one point, go go on.
1: The concern that I have, Peyton Jones, you and I have such differing views on what is a good interview. I got to be frank with you here. I'm a little bit concerned because you know who I'm talking about when I say <laughs> you and I interviewed someone, I'm ready to pull a gun out and put it to my head. Cause I am bored out of my mind thinking that
2: was the subject matter though. And is you were like my favorite topic.
1: You were like, this is the greatest interview ever. I say we go for an hour and I'm like, no. And then your wife thankfully listened to that episode and goes, wow, this one's really boring. So I got to admit I'm a little bit concerned when you say
2: you got to hear this one. He and I just need to go get a room to talk, get your mind out of the gutter to talk. But here's the deal. We seriously, like today, I, I swear to you, I was like, Pete would love this. You would have been all over this. And you still really, wouldn't have let me the, ask a question. So it kind of doesn't, I, I wouldn't have. And I couldn't even lay down the smack question on. him, like, you know, who, who <laughs> would have been in a fist fight, I had to turn it into like, If you were to debate, you know, Brian Dawkins or, you know, did you really, you couldn't ask him the, his name, you you couldn't ask him the question, uh, who would win in a fight? Well, okay. So picture this, right? Like we're, we're having this whole conversation about how you think changes the physiology of your brain. That's what research shows. And so I'm waiting, like, I'm going to ask him this question about beating people up and he's going to go, Peyton. Uh, actually that is detrimental to yourself and your listeners. When you ask that, that is shaping your brain in a bad way. And what was cool was he was, he was fascinating, easily one of our best interviews ever. But what was funny as I told him, he blew my mind, that my brain just blew out of one side of my head. And, uh, and I, and then I, I said kind of apologetically like, oh, Hey, I I, I probably shouldn't say that to a guy like you. And, and he, <laughs> he laughed and goes, he goes, No, it's okay. I understand you're using a metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a riveting interview. I can't wait to listen to it. I know. I know that you're going to, your mind is going back to the old one, but I promise you, will Pete like the podcast? Right in. Tell us yes or no.
1: It should be, it should be a, a contest or something. I kind of like that idea. It,
2: so uh, I think people were kind of like, no, nah, they wouldn't pick me. You know, it's kind of a, no, we, we probably would. <laughs> <laughs> so my story is I went to Atlanta, Georgia, and I was training for North American Mission Board there. And what ended up happening was that um, I, I caught a red eye. You know, I'd celebrated my twenty year anniversary. We were on the island of Catalina. And when I got back, we took a boat. Big long story. You want to talk trains, planes, automobiles. Took me forever to get home. I had to Uber from Orange County to uh Oh my gosh, my what house. did that cost?
1: It wasn't that bad
2: actually. Really?
1: Oh, so bad you, all. Yeah. you did Uber X. Okay. What did Uber X cost? <laughs>
2: I don't know what it was, man. I don't know what UberX X is. I, I just Ubered the cheapest one and pressed the yeah, button. Yeah, that's, that's Uber X. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. But uh, the, the reality is. No, no, seriously, it, do you remember what it cost? I do. I'll tell you after. Oh, is it that much? No, I just, I don't know what the rates are, but I'll tell you. it didn't. Oh, no, I was just
1: curious because that's, a, I mean, I know where Orange County is. And I, know, I know where your house is. I'm like,
2: I was dude. shocked how low it was. Let's put it that was way. It, but I'm not going to say. Oh, under yeah. 50 but, bucks? No, over 50. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, well short of 100. So I, I was shocked. I was thinking it was going to go over 100. And, uh, it yeah, didn't. no,
1: th- that actually makes sense. Cause what is that? Like 40 miles? It's, it takes an hour. No, man. it's got to be more than 40
2: miles. Yeah, it takes an hour. Yeah, I think it's okay. 60. Yeah. It's 60 miles.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. Cause I actually did that one time. I did it, uh, from Salt Lake City Airport to Ogden. And,
2: and that was probably about
1: an hour. So, yeah, that wasn't that bad. I kind of yeah, surprised. I was kind
2: of shocked. And, yeah. uh, you know, I told the guy, hey, I got to work, man. I'm sorry. I can't talk, you know, rock out, turn your turn your radio up. He still kept talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to give Hi. you a bad rating. <laughs> I, I'm like, I got to write this ebook, man. So anyways, but of course, as I'm writing, it's all about like sharing the gospel with people. So I'm like, OK, all right. All right. I, I give <laughs> up. I can't can't write about re- reaching people like you. I have to actually talk to you and engage you now. OK. And uh, so anyways, what happened was um I took a red eye and then I get off the plane at 5:30. Now I've got a hotel that I 5:30 in the morning? 5:30 in the morning. Oh, dude, I get off the plane in oh, Atlanta. I can't sleep
1: on a plane, can you? I, apparently I can sleep anywhere. I'm oh, like I can't, dude. That's ham of sleep. You're you're lucky cuz literally I'm a wreck. I cannot sleep on a plane.
2: Yeah, the the bad thing is I snore, so I'm sure everyone else around me can't sleep cuz I'm happy I'm gone. But anyway, so I get off the plane go pick up my rental car, drive to my hotel change. Cause I'm wearing like short sandals. I got to go train. So I'm, you know, I shower, I change, I get down there. I walk through the door. I'm there in plenty of time and I'm fine. Like all day I'm surprised because you know, I'm getting to be an old man now, you know, 44, the, the warranty expired at 40 and uh, I'm not, I'm not always able to do everything. With the energy, like I can't pull all nighters anymore. I used to be able to do that. Now my body goes time to die, you know, kind of like Blade Runner. It shuts down. And, uh, anyways, I'm doing fine. I'm training. No problem. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> then, uh, one, one of my colleagues goes, Hey, let's go out to a restaurant and, uh, we'll debrief. And so we took a bunch of the guys who were training with us and I literally sat down, ate my food. And all of a sudden I, I hear this voice going up, oh, up. Oh, He's coming back to us. Oh, he's with us. And I opened my eyes. Dude, I have fallen asleep at the table at the restaurant in public. Literally mid-sentence, apparently. <laughs> so that's that's my story, man. Okay. Fell asleep, mid-conversation at the table. So I told him, guys, I think it's time I got home. Anyways, on my way out, I was supposed to be home by 5 o'clock last night. And uh, Atlanta's got thunderstorms. So... I got at the airport at one o'clock. It was supposed to fly out at three. You know, that's Eastern time. Be home by five Pacific time. And uh, yeah, I, I got home at two in the morning. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. It sucked. Did so you, I've been two last night flights night? in the last few days. I'm not responsible for anything I say today. Did you Uber from there as well? Yeah. I
1: Ubered home. Is that the one that went into Orange County? No, no, I, I took a, I
2: took a, an Uber from San Diego airport. Yeah. How how
1: is that airport? I haven't
2: flown in or out of San Diego. It is the best airport on the planet. Yeah. It is such a good airport. It's beautiful on the inside. Absolutely gorgeous. And just easy to navigate. The only difficult part with that airport is rental car. They, they do that little hop on a bus, but like Vegas does that, Atlanta. So many places and airports I go to now, they have that where you gotta shuttle off site to go to the rental car center.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't remember I, I had that happen. I know it's at uh, Las Vegas and there's another one that I've flown into. So in two weeks,
2: uh, I'm going to F
1: eight.
0: What's need- F eight? That he sounds like
2: something on my keyboard. <laughs> Isn't that like the play button? It could be. It's
1: uh, actually Facebook's big conference. For developers and advertisers, that's kind of cool. I got invited, man. You, you like you have wow. to apply to go because they serious? don't. Yeah, they don't just let any schmuck in there. And uh, apparently, they let this schmuck. They in. let some in. They let some in. They 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 look up your account <laughs> and they see what you've been doing, and then they decide nice. if they're going to let you come or not. And then they decide if they're going to let you spend the six hundred dollars to get your ticket just to walk through the door. Wow. I mean, Did they ask you to speak? Well, I'm going to speak there. Really? Did they ask me to? No. <laughs> Am I gonna talk to people? Yes. So I'm going uh, to speak at F eight. Right on, man. That's cool. I'll be That's taking cool off. Pieces. I'll be taking off the guest badge and I'll be taking pictures all over the place so it looks like I'm a speaker. And then, you know, nice. I'll put those on my website and everyone will think I spoke at F eight. <laughs> It'll be awesome.
2: You'd be hanging out with Seth Godin and Who's the chick that's really big on Facebook marketing?
1: Well, you're she's thinking like,
2: of Amy Porterfield,
1: but she's not that's that big. the one. Yeah, she's you, not gonna be there. Who knows? You're just seeing a lot of ads for her. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I don't know who all is gonna be there. I'm actually really looking forward to it because I wanna hear. The future of what they're going to do for advertising and uh, and I'm also looking at it going, dude, I could actually meet a lot of developers and then they probably need a guy like me. I'm like, this could actually be a target rich environment for me to pick up some clients. Heck yeah. So the problem is, is they're all going to be like Silicon Valley clients, which means they all think that they just got the greatest rig in the world. And like, I don't know if you've ever read any of these growth hacker sites. These guys are such idiots anyone who's like, I'm a growth hacker. It's like, okay, I'm a profit hacker. I don't care about growth. I care about profit. Yeah. They have no idea what it means to make money. Yeah. Their whole model is build something up and sell it. Huh? And you kind of got to hope that someone wants to buy it. So
2: anyway, that's, that's, that's a side note. That's a side note. And I don't understand any of that, but that's fascinating.
1: But you're starting to understand it because I you, am. my friend are a member
2: I of am. the business
1: growth consulting for bi vocational pastors and church planners.
2: Absolutely, man. I just watched your first hour, which wasn't even part of the course. I watched the ad and I was pretty blown away. I was like, wow, man, I've known Pete for like six years and I just learned some amazing things right there.
1: That was so. pretty funny. I remember when you signed up to watch the webinar and because I get a notification that, that when <laughs> someone signs up and I'm like, dude, what's he doing? Spying on me? He doesn't trust me? He's probably like, What you doing to my church planners? I'm very protective I I of my church to planners. Watch it. Well yeah, that's how you actually get into the program.
2: Yeah, but I was already in, so I can see why you, were. you were. But it was good, man. I was like, wow, this is
1: good stuff. I'm learning.
2: I'm yeah. learning.
1: Yeah. No, that group is going. That that group is on fire, man. I, I, I've never had a group of uh, I, any type of group where they're so connected, and hardly any of these guys have ever known each other. Like yeah. The only ones that I think know each other are Travis and Tyrone. And that's because of geographically, they're like a couple yeah. hours away from each other.
2: Wow. Well, and 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 they met through us anyways. Well, did they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Both
1: church planners in
2: Florida. Mm-hmm. And because uh, uh Travis is connected with um oh Daniel uh is it Daniel Williams? Uh Church yes. Planners? Yes. And I introduced Daniel and Tyrone. Oh, did to you to each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's how they know each other. Yeah. So anyway, guys, this
1: uh, if you want to know more about the Business Growth Consulting for Bivocational Church Planners, uh, check out uh, the show notes. There's a, a link where you can download the uh, the church planner, the Bivo Church Planner Manifesto. And I will say this, Peyton and I do have a, a new program coming up here really soon. And uh, we're going to be launching it in the next couple of weeks. woo Yeah, that'll be a fun one to launch. Really right. cool. I we it.
2: sitting on that for now?
1: Are we gonna we are going to sit on it because I want to have like a firm
2: launch day to like get people excited about it. It's exciting. I can't wait till we get to tell you guys about it. It's going to be incredible. I think it's going to be a game changer. I, a I was just going to say it's going to be a game changer.
1: There, there's a term that's not overused.
2: <laughs> but it is because you and I know what what's out there and we know what people are doing to train and it's a game changer,
1: yeah. All it's almost say it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool. That's I mean, yeah. where we're going with this thing, it is going to create community for uh, church planners and really bivocational pastors, not just church planners, but um, a lot you of what kids? we're what's that? Yeah, go on. I was just going to say, a lot of what we're seeing out there is a lot of established churches. Their pastors are having to go to be bivocational because the the money's just not there anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what we're gonna start seeing a lot more of, and you got to use some of the church planner ideas to grow uh, your church and to reach the uh, the lost in your community. So let's just say it's gonna change the
2: game of game changing
1: there we go. <laughs> there we go. And I hear uh, oh man, I was almost I almost dropped the dude's name. I was gonna say, and so and so is also <laughs> with the program. And you know who I was gonna say too. Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> Which would have been such a lie, and it just would have been like a stab, but I'm so glad. I'm so I actually am quite quite proud that I I caught myself and and stopped that. I that's a rare moment. That you don't often catch yourself. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. So I haven't really had anything fun and exciting happen this week, except that uh, while we're speaking right now, I've got former uh, church planter Jimbo Balaam uh, oh. at my house, and he is uh, he's detailing my Mustang because I got to sell it. Nice. So we're doing nice. what detailers call the pre-sale detail. Nice. Make it look good enough so someone wants to buy it, and I can dump that problem onto them. No, I'm just kidding.
2: It's actually for you special bargain.
1: Yeah, no, my I really like the Mustang, but I'm really, I I want my garage back. So I got a 69 Volkswagen bus. I'm selling that. Um, I'm selling the Mustang. I'm I'm just, I'm downsizing my stuff. I'm getting rid of it That's all. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So by the way, if Church Planner, if you need to buy a car, if you want to look. he has got
2: st- a Mustang for you.
1: Dude, let me tell you, you've seen my Mustang. It looks I've sharp. Seen your Mustang. I love that thing.
2: Never let me drive your Mustang, but I've seen it.
1: But, you know the uh, Mustang, not nearly as fun as the Charger. All right, I'm I'm holding out.
2: I'm going to drive that, Charger. dude.
1: I'm going to make you drive the Charger. Like <laughs> I I had Jimbo come over yesterday and I had him put the the car coating on the, the Charger, and so he needed to do it in a garage. And right now I get the bug in the garage, so I'm like, you can't do it here. So he drove it over to his place, and uh, and I told him, I go just so you know, I got GPS on my car, so I know what you're doing in it and uh where did he go no he he went there but it it also tells me how fast he's going and all that type of stuff and he goes okay that car it's ready to go you just get in it and it's just like it's just it's so like it i'm like i can't believe i talked my wife into this being a family car it's a family (laughs) car
2: you weren't fooling anybody mitchell she knew oh my gosh dude no it's it's pretty cool so um what was I going to say to you? Oh, today's uh, podcast, by the way, is brought to you by reachingtheunreachbook.com What? Which uh, cha-ching! happens to be my next book, which if you head over there now, the pre-order exclusives are engaged and active. And uh, all I can say is um, go ahead and pick them up. If you pick up a case or two or three, send me an email. Let me know and i have a special offer for you something i'll be offering for people who buy buy the case for their core teams Tell them or what it small is. groups what hmm? is it um it is going depending on i'm not going to advertise it's it's personal one on one a little bit of personal one on one coaching see if and you actually
1: uh, advertised it you would get more people to take you let me let me teach you a little something about marketing you have <laughs> to do what we call sell the bonus You can't just tell them there's a bonus. You got to sell the bonus so people understand
2: they want the bonus. The bonus is worth more than the box of books. If we had footnotes, this would be the part where in the footnotes, it goes at, you know, 20 something minutes. Pete teaches Peyton about selling the bonus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you want to sell the bonus, you got to sell the bonus. I dig it. Well, you know why, you know, I'm not getting specific is I actually have to talk to yourself about what, what, what breakdown we do for that, you know, oh. what makes it worthwhile. So that's why there's not any specific. All right. Well, the really next
1: cool. week when we promote the book, we got to have the bonuses and promote the bonuses. I got
2: it. Okay. So guys, wait till next. Cause when does it launch?
1: Up. It launches like in a month, doesn't it? Or yeah. Something? It launches on May 16th. Okay. You should have made them do May the fourth.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, I would have been like, I asked, you know, I literally, did asked, you, but, But I'm going to be interviewed by NewChurches.com about the book, Daniel M., uh, on May the 4th. Nice. Okay. I'll be making a big deal about that. There you go. I like it.
1: All right. I'm down with that. I can hang. So anyway, let's actually get into our topic today.
2: Uh, What is the topic again, Mr. Jones? So spiritual gifts. Excuse me. So the reason that we're getting into that now is that, you know, we we kind of went over the five roles which really have to do with equipping the 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 saints for the works of the ministry in Ephesians four. well that that doesn't really help if you don't know what the saints do. And of course, everybody's been given spiritual gifts. Uh, here's one of the the big takeaways of the book and also the ebook that I'm producing for exponential right now on it. Um, one of the biggest things for people, is that the gifts are really the silver bullet to outreach. Um, everybody's looking for a silver bullet. Look, you're not going to find it outside of mobilizing your people. See, those five guys, they can't do the works in the ministry. They are mobilizers of everyone else to do the works of the ministry. That's why at Pentecost, when the Spirit fell, Peter's first response to them was Joel's prophecy where he says, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Um, this is for your, your, your sons and daughters. This is everybody, your old men, your old women. And he goes for, for you and your children and their children and as many as the Lord our God will call. This is a multi generational promise and it centers around the gifts being activated. That when the spirit comes in power, people's gifts get activated. That's what's happened in a revival, and that's what we're talking about today. So if you get all excited about team leadership like Church Zero, ching, and you don't go the next step. In other words, you it, it's kind of like carrying a big gun with six chambers in it, but not loading it with bullets. Um, you've you've gotta have something in place that lets people know what their gifts are. And we're going to talk about that because um, it's really about the activation of their gifts. And we talked at the the end of last, go back and listen to last week's if you haven't yet, because we laid down, this is kind of our cliffhanger was we talked about the three different kinds, categories of gifts that Paul lays out in first Corinthians 12. He says there are, Uh, administrations in verse five, and those are services. That means service diac, diaconia, um, services to be performed for others. Um, it's like the gift of helps, you know, Pete's like, Hey, you know, I, I don't know what gifts I have last week. And I told him, well, you have compassion and helps. Those are two gifts that are, and, and I would say the gift of giving those things are services. Then you have operations which are energizing. So those are divine energy that enables us to perform uh, things, certain services. That could be like an anointing to preach and um, different things. And then manifestations are to put things visibly on display. And that would be some of the more um, uh, gifts like prophecies or healings or signs, those kinds of things. So, one of the important things to realize right away, and and again, remember, Pete, remember the signal. <coughs> it could be my cough, too. You could. You could do your cough. But if that's not handy, we came up with a signal.
1: <coughs>
2: you know, whenever Pete wants to say something, he just makes him, you know.
1: <laughs> you know what that's from, don't you? No. Dumb and dumber. What's the most I annoying noise you ever heard? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know what's funny is I actually do that to Andrea sometimes. I mean, she laughs every single time I do that. <laughs> Plus the uh, the stance he has at the bar. I
1: don't you know? remember what was the stance.
2: He's he's leaning over the bar, and it's just a little bit exaggerated how far his butt's sticking out. I do that one too. The other Which one I like is when he goes. Back
1: to life. We put a man on the moon. <laughs> hey everybody! We put a man on the moon. Or he's trying to figure out her last night. Oh, maybe it's on the luggage. Oh yeah. Let me check Samsonite. I wasn't even close. (laughs) It's a great movie, man. I love that movie. So for a PG 13. Yes. Yes. Disclaimer. I don't actually have no idea
2: what it's rated. (laughs) So the gifts of the spirit are not to be confused with the gift of the spirit. So the gift of the spirit is the Holy Spirit indwelling you? That was the gift. That was the new promise of what was going to happen after Christ ascended to heaven and stood before the Father. Satan was cast out of heaven. Um, we became the temple. We were purified. Therefore, because we were purified, you go back to the books of Moses. Moses had to purify everything by with blood. You know, after they made this beautiful temple, right, ornate with gold. I mean, you're God's creation, but. Before God could come in, Moses had to take everything, including the priest robes and drench it in blood. Then God says, now it's holy. And of course, that was a foreshadowing of you and I, that before Christ could could or the Holy Spirit could come out of the tabernacle, they, God had his place that was the holy of holies. That was the only place he could dwell amongst men. There was this barrier between us and God after the sacrificial atonement on the cross. That's. Completely ripped away. And by the way, this is really bite-sized theology for some of you going, oh man, I never knew this. You know, it just saved you a a semester in seminary. But (laughs) but, anyways, the Holy Spirit can come out now and dwell amongst men. Before that, it was Christ because Christ was holy. But now we have been made holy so the Spirit of God can indwell us. But not only indwell us. You see, Christ was indwelt from the incarnation, but he was baptized with the Spirit or empowered with the Spirit from his time of baptism. And so in the Scripture, you see a connection between spirit-indwelt believers who become saved by faith through grace. They become empowered by the Holy Spirit after their baptism. Sometimes right as they're baptized, sometimes the moment they believe, sometimes. But it's usually at the point of baptism. like. When Paul finds, in Acts 19, the believers, and he says, have you received the, the promise of the Holy Spirit? Uh, and, and they go, we don't even know there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Well, they were indwelt, but now they become empowered. They get baptized, and then the Spirit falls upon them. Um, Cornelius, um, he, however, uh, speaks in the gift of tongues. And Peter says, how can we not baptize this guy? So it's not a hard, fast rule. It's just more typical that you tend to find um, after people baptize, they become anointed. But like I said, there's no rule.
1: I think we ought to do a whole episode on speaking in tongues.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Ah!
1: I think we ought to do a whole episode on speaking in tongues. (laughs) We should. We absolutely should. Because because we'll
2: deal with that during this.
1: As a Baptist, you know, growing up Baptist. Ooh, there's a new podcast. Growing up Baptist with (laughs) Pete and Peyton.
0: Actually, yeah, did you, you didn't grow up
1: Baptist. You didn't really grow up in the church.
2: I, I would love to talk about that. It's it's really funny because I believe that you're when you become saved, obviously the Holy Spirit indwells you. You get your gifts at that moment. Now, it doesn't mean to say that there aren't gifts in you that aren't latent, that are there that you need to seek after or develop. So, for example, Paul says, seek earnestly um, the greater gifts. And <clears throat> he obviously is speaking of love there, but because it's in the plural, um, he's not just speaking of love. He actually was in the context, speaking about tongues versus prophesying. And he says, you know, really, uh, I would rather speak in, in prophesying a gift of prophecy than I would a gift of tongues. The reason why is prophesying is a greater gift because it edifies the whole body. Whereas speaking in tongues edifies only myself. And so the, for Paul, the greater gift means the one that does the most good for the most people. And so um, I, I remember kind of being challenged by that once with Jeff, because Jeff, remember the role of the prophet is to stir up the gifts in others An apostle recognizes them. But a prophet kind of stirs them up, um, helps people kind of stir them up and develop them. And um that doesn't mean he manipulates or whatever. Like you'll find people trying to manipulate others to, hey, speak in tongues. And they told they totally don't have that gift uh to speak in tongues. And there'll be people going, Well, look, prime the pump, prom- pump, say hey, ubly doobly or whatever comes to mind. My- That's manipulation. We're not talking about that. But I remember Jeff just saying, Hey, you know, you have the gift of healing. You just haven't operated in it from the background you've come from. And there have been times, um, in, in was he mature, saying that as a general rule or is he saying that no, specifically about it you. To me oh, and I knew, I knew inside that, yeah, that's a gift that is there, but you know, you, you, you tend not to, to, um, to really, uh, you almost feel kind of presumptuous to think maybe I have this but I would, I would feel at times led to lay hands on people and, and, and I would chicken out. I remember, uh, Jeff just saying, you know, obviously every elder's called to do that in the book of James. When someone's sick, you're called to lay hands as an elder team. We're already called to do it in leadership as elders. But Jeff was like, I believe that God really wants to use you in this way. If you would step out in faith and not be afraid of it. And so that was, that was an area where I had to grow. As Paul says, I had to seek the greater gift, but I had gifts in me already. And what, what, you know, and those I knew, some of them right away I knew. So I knew from the day I was saved that I was meant to walk in the supernatural. Um, I, I, there have been times where I have, um, said things to people. Um, where literally I've, I, I don't want (laughs) to, I actually don't want to say what I was about to say on the podcast because it, it, it's a little bit too much, but, um, from early days, there was some supernatural happening, um, why don't don't you just go ahead and tell
1: me and I'll cut it out. Wink, wink. I promise. (laughs) I'll tell you later,
2: (laughs) But, but don't trust you, Pete Mitchell. <laughs> but, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't <laughs> either. <laughs> but but I knew, you know, that these were just things I operated in naturally. And then I had people tell me, no, no, no. That's not, you know, that's not. I went to a word-based church and you, I was you told. know, what? let me let me interject here.
1: Ah! <laughs> so um I have the hardest time with anything in the supernatural because You have a head knowledge of, you know, this stuff at least used to happen, right? I mean, I grew up and it just, we never happened, right? And like, it just never happened. And so it is so hard for me to get my head around that. And I mean, for people who are new to the podcast and they haven't heard your story, they haven't heard that you died on the operating room table for 20 minutes and, you know, that you had an experience during that time. You and I to this day have still never talked about that. Like, you haven't told me. We need to have
2: that conversation.
1: Right. But, and here's the thing when I first got to know you, I did not want to have that conversation because I was like, if I have that, I'm going to think he's out of his mind, rockers, bananas, crazy. And I kind of like the guy. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I don't want to think of him as, okay, he's just a little bit on the insane side, you know, chalk it up to, He'd been drinking the the, the Kool Aid and and you know and that's why I never wanted to have that conversation with you and we've just never had it today. I mean it yeah. just has never never come up. And, and so for me, the whole gifting thing, like I brought up on last week's podcast, it, it's hard for me to get my head around it because I don't see the the gifts in myself. Um so to me i just kind of look at it and go i i don't even know what i believe on the gifts
2: yeah well here's am i on mute no here's here's the thing um i don't uh so i can't have that conversation first off without crying like no the, no no, the, no. The, i'm the, not even talking about that stuff i'm just talking yeah. about which is probably why we've never talked because you and I spend most of our time <laughs> laughing. Dude. And and I might think less of you just for crying.
1: <laughs> exactly instead um, of me.
2: I might be like, dude, don't, seriously? Don't hug me, don't touch me, don't cry around me. Those are kind of like the three Pete Mitchell rules. And and so, you know, it may never happen. It <laughs> may never uh, happen. When you get to heaven, I'll just be like, see, dude, I told you. I told you so. But but the the reality is that you know, I think God's okay with that. I, I I, don't, this is how I feel with these things. Like people hear this stuff and they start feeling less than, and that is the opposite on what God wants you to feel. If you're like, I've never experienced this. And you well, start I getting disturbed bummed. I
1: think part of the problem isn't just less than. Part of the problem, I could see this for a lot of people is, am I even saved? Yeah. Am I even saved? Because I don't have these things, you know? Yeah. I got skipped over and supposedly you get these when you get saved. So therefore I must not be saved.
2: No, because what, what happens? I'm just saying, I'm just saying I could see people having that thought go through their head. Absolutely. And, and it's the opposite. So for example, this is why I brought up acts 19 where Paul finds these believers in Ephesus. They knew John's baptism. They had repented and they had been following Jesus um, they said we follow Jesus, you know, wh- whom John the Baptist preached. And he said, "Oh, cool. Well, when you believe, did you receive the Holy Spirit?" And he's talking about the um, not the indwelling. He's talking about you know, boom, when you were baptized. And and they say, "No, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit." And he and he baptizes them in the name of Jesus. Now they're saved, right? They're saved with with this belief in the Messiah. You know, it wasn't like hey, they believed. And And I think the rule of thumb in the scripture that that you're always taught is you believe according to the measure of revelation that you're given. So that's how Old Testament Jews were saved. They were saved by the promise of the Messiah. And these guys had been people who had traveled to Jerusalem. They had heard John out in the in the wilderness. They had believed. And now they end up in Ephesus, and they just don't know that there's a Holy Spirit, but there's no indication. And Lloyd Jones, Uh, in his book, um, hold on, I'm looking at my shelf here. Um, shoot, what's the name of that crap? Um, joy unspeakable. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I remember that one. Oh yeah. You remember reading that, um, joy unspeakable, which is, I would, if you want to understand the baptism of the Holy spirit in a very sane, um, biblical way, I don't think anyone does as good a job on that as Lloyd Jones does. Hmm. Um, he was, he did not have the Pentecostal view of second blessing that somehow it added something to your spirituality or you became a completed Christian. In fact, he very strongly argues why that's not the case, but he uses Acts 19 as a proof text that these guys were clearly saved based on how Paul's talking to them, but they didn't know the empowering or the energizing of the Holy Spirit for ministry. And and that's kind of the deal that you can be saved and not operate in your gifts. Um, you can also, and this is why when somebody first gets saved, um, and I know it's different for people in a Christian home because you tend to get saved much younger before you're even developed as a human being yet. So, um, you know, you, you haven't even gone through puberty a lot of times by the time you come to faith which can be very confusing when we're having these conversations. But the reality is when somebody, let's say who has not been raised in a Christian home comes to faith, they end up, um, they normally know kind of what they want to do. I remember being for, and, and then they get discouraged. Someone goes, Oh, well, you know, it's not really the vision of this church or it's not whatever. And they get discouraged about it or they get shut down or clamped down on. And what ended up happening with, um, I just saw that post you gave me. How can you, how can you send me that? <laughs> We're sorry, guys. We're sorry. I have to go spend $50 at Target right now so I can get $10 off on Star Wars. Pete, send me coupons. <laughs> Thank you for that. But, uh, <clears throat> welcome back to the podcast, guys. Um, but, but the reality is, is that, um, I should know not to look at anything you turn <laughs> <see during> up the <laughs> But, but here's the deal, right? So I tend to think that most people, when they first get saved, they kind of intrinsically know what they're supposed to be doing. And then they end up getting kind of clamped down on. They go to a church or talk to the pastor, go to a small group. And everyone says, Oh, no, no, we don't really do that. Or they'll be reading in the Bible and something, you know, they'll read about a gift in the Bible and they'll get really excited about it because the spirit in them is wanting to express himself through them in that way. And they are told, "Oh no, no, that doesn't happen today." Or, you know, um, that's not really the vision of this church. And it goes dormant, right? Because they're 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 identifying with something they see in the Word, but then they're told, "Well, things don't work like work like that today." And they never challenge it because they think, "Well, these Christian people know way better than I do." You know, I mean, who am I? You know, I'm brand new, so I'll just sit back and listen and learn. And unfortunately, we learn that these things aren't for today when they clearly are. And um, I can remember when I was first uh, saved, I went to an evangelistic outreach in Panama city and um, they were, it was really cool. They're doing this outreach for, for teenagers. And I was a teenager and I really wanted to share my testimony. Like while I was at this thing, I was just bursting to share my story about Jesus. And um, the guy, I went up to the guy and said, "Hey, you know, could I'm going to be here for a week? Could I share my story about Jesus?" And he looked at me and said, "No, you know, I I, I appreciate it, but I don't know you." And and I said, "Well, you know, I, let me tell you my story, and 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 I think people will be really helped by this." And um, he was like, "No, no." Anyways, um, a few weeks later, I was back in California, and I bumped into a youth pastor who's the first guy to ever tell me about the gospel two weeks before. The guy who led me to Christ told me the gospel. And and with this first guy, he was my buddy's youth pastor, I laughed in his face. I mean, I was so rude he should have punched me. And uh, but that would have been hitting a minor, so it would have been illegal. So I'm glad he didn't. Wait. But he was like Oh, you hey. mean if he hit you? Yeah, that'd be yeah, hitting yeah, yeah. a minor. He should have punched me, yeah. So so I mean, I was just that rude. Like I laughed in his face and he took it, he took it with grace, man. But uh and I was mocking him. And, um, two weeks later, uh, or sorry, not two weeks later, but two weeks later I got saved. But, um, so anyways, a few months on and I bump into this youth pastor first share the gospel with me in California and I start telling him how I got saved. I'm like, Hey, I'm a Christian and he's blown away. And he was like, Hey, uh, cause my Christian friend brought me to his youth pastor. Cause he's like, look, this is the worst kid I know at school. Um, and he kept telling me, you need to talk to my youth pastor. You need to talk to my youth pastor. And so, uh, but anyways, when I bumped into the youth pastor again, he's like, Peyton, you need to share your testimony. And so the spirit of God already was working in me towards evangelism. And I'm just telling you, like, from the moment I got saved, all I did was evangelize other people. Um, in, in the book coming up, cha-ching, I talk about the first person that led to Uh, Christ. The the name of the book again, please. Oh, it's, uh, reaching the unreached becoming raiders of a lost art.
1: Okay. All right. Now, please Thanks for asking. Please tell the story
2: by Zondervan. So, so uh, available yes, at amazon.com yeah. books, millions and wherever finer books are sold. <laughs> so one of my chapters opens up with a phone conversation. It's like me going, Hey, and the guys like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, uh, I got something to tell you, but you know, you're not going to believe it. And, you know, cause you're like 15 years old, 14 years old. And, uh, and I just tell them the gospel. Like it, it was literally pretty much word for word. What's in the book. And I share with him real quick, hey, I believe in God and he he loves us and stuff. And I don't even think I mentioned the cross because I, I didn't know very much. And he, I go, you want to be a Christian? He goes, okay. And I'm like, cool, man. Um, I'll come over. And he got saved. And I was like, hey, this is easy, right? It's going to be super easy. Well, it turned out not being that easy. But evangelism flowed out of me. That was just something that was part of the Holy Spirit expressing himself through me and this is what i'm going to say about the gifts this is one of the bombs that i drop in the book reaching the unreached becoming raiders of a lost art (laughs) this is one of the bombs that i drop is available at amazon.com sorry evangelism these gifts are for mission and uh, we talk about evangelism and disembodied from what it's meant to be Evangelism is meant to be Jesus expressing himself through your gifts. All those gifts, um, prophecy, prophecy, healing, all those gifts are for witness. That's why when Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses, a spirit will come upon you in power. Um, and then Peter immediately, you know, transitions to the gifts. He goes, these gifts are for you because those are the secret sauce of, of evangelism. And so what we do is we, we tell people, Hey, let's go evangelize. And they immediately go, Oh, because they're thinking it's going to be like going door to door, or it's going to be like talking to strangers at the mall and giving them tracks. And that's so awkward and weird. And, it, you know, everybody resents you for it and it's intrusive or standing on a, on a soapbox on the pier and having people yell at you and you're, you're saying more clever things and shaming them publicly. And those kinds of things are what we associate with evangelism, and what evangelism really is is when you come alive in your gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you just start operating in them. And I don't care what your gift is, you're going to start showing Jesus to people. It's like Steve, right? Steve was um, Steve was um, a chain link fence salesman, and I, I mentioned him in the book. Reaching the Unreach, becoming Rangers of the Lost Arching. Steve Who? Uh, reaching the Unreach Book.com. Free offers going on right now, plus the bonus offer, which is if you buy a case, uh, there'll be some one-on-one coaching, which Pete and I'll determine what that's gonna look like next week. That was a disclaimer. I love it. Yeah. I- I'm learning, I'm a fast learner. And uh, Steve Who? And, and Steve Ortiz? Steve Ortiz. So we're sitting in in a in a small group, and this is after we've launched the other churches, right? And 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 we're sitting there in a small group and uh, actually San Pedro had not yet launched, but we were facing all of them being gone. And we we ended up talking one night about, you know, we're gonna I, I said, look, we're gonna go back to the early days. Uh, we're gonna relaunch in big speed and we're gonna do this and uh, we're gonna, you know, return and do the first works because we're we're gonna be a lot smaller now. So be our second church plant launched out in just like two years and Um, so I remember the conversation came up about how nobody really felt comfortable with evangelism. And I mentioned, well, look, guys, you really just need to find your gifts. I go like, for example, um, what, what I need for this, if we go back to Bixby, because I've witnessed this time and time again. And Steve said, well, I, I could, I could cook the food. Cause I mentioned how hospitality is an evangelistic gift that any outreach you do ought to involve food. And once you eat together, it does all these things. There's things it does sociologically, <laughs> theologically. And Steve, without realizing he was walking right into like a Holy spirit trap ends up saying, well, I can cook hamburgers, you know, that's no problem. And, uh, so that first day and his wife looked at him, Sarah, who's just amazing as well. She looks at him and says, Really? You you've never done anything like Peyton. How many people are we talking? I said, well, there'll be a few hundred coming through uh, if we do this. Um, and she, she goes, Steve, you've never done anything on that level. You should see what these guys put together. It's crazy. And anyways, first Sunday, I walk up there Sunday afternoon. I mean, they miss a Sunday cause they're prepping all day for it. I, I get there after we in church and there's Steve and this team he's put together. It's an outreach. And, uh, he's on this grill smiling bigger than I've ever, he's a mellow dude. He's got this big smile and he doesn't talk much, but his mouth will not stop moving. I mean, this guy's talking and laughing and smiling. And there's this line, there's like this conveyor belt just going through this thing. And it ends with them getting, they've got their butt and their sides and he slaps that patty on there and hot dog on the boat, whatever it was he was cooking. They do like carnitas and tacos. I mean, it changes every month. Steve's there having the time of his life. And I walk up close and he's telling him about God and God's grace and God's goodness. And he's just out there sharing his butt off. And the key was his gift came awake. He had the gift of serving and he had the gift of hospitality and his gifts were awake. And that's all he needed to unlock evangelism. That guy was never going to go talk to strangers cold. He was never going to go and stand up in a pulpit. He was never going to do any of that stuff. But if you can help people rediscover their gifts, it is so stinking powerful that evangelism just naturally happens. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> ah, mic drop. <laughs> that, but really, I mean, that's, that's kind of the place to um to really stop i suppose because um you know really when when we're looking at um the scripture everybody has a gift i mean you you have one i have one see and- i i just i that's still where i have my
1: issues i don't i don't understand i i don't know i don't know how to see what my gift is i just don't flat out see it get it know it Sure. That's why I have such problems when, not that I believe that there's not gifts of the spirit. I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. And I just think to myself, you know, I'm just one of those guys who's maybe just so uh, not sensitive to, well, let's face it. I'm not a sensitive guy in pretty much any level.
2: <laughs> so. but, but it's okay that you're saying this because this is what I find often is even before people have identified it as a spiritual gift, they're still operating in it. Like, for example, the gift to helps. You're the guy who said, hey, you know, um, church planners need boom, 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 boom. Let's do it. And you do it. I mean, you are, you. You came alongside yeah, me. That's and said, not,
1: I, I mean, you don't
2: see the gift of helps in the Bible. I mean, come on. It's, yeah, you do. It's a gift of help. It, There's it, actually the gift of helps in Romans 12. We should go through each of these gifts over the next few weeks and, and break maybe, them down and identify and define maybe. Them. Yeah. And we'll get to tongues, of course. But listen to what (laughs) First Peter four says, because you can have them and not use them. But you, on the other hand, are using them, although you don't know you have them. I don't. I yeah. And I would. I would probably still disagree with that statement. But anyway, that's okay. That's okay. But the the important thing is that you're actually using them. You know, Pete. It it's not by accident that you. Automatically, just you, 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 when you started becoming very profitable, that you thought immediately, Hey, how can I go help and bless church planners with this? And started doing our, our little, you know, secret tither, uh, MoGive campaign where you're going around <laughs> giving to the guys who which it, by the know. way,
1: which by the way, now, if you need the secret tither,
2: you better not have MoGive. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're switching our sponsorship, but, uh, the the reality is that and that was because kent was our our connection there and uh we he's moved on to another company and hooked us up with sponsorship there so well he's trying Um, to it's not official yet it's not official yet but listen what it ain't official till pete Pete charges your credit card that's all i'm saying (laughs) so so peter uh says in first peter 410 as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's manifold grace or varied grace, right? So so what he means is, you know, remember they're called graces. They're just grace to you to grace others. That's why Paul says there are greater graces. The one that graces many is is the greatest grace or gift. So, but he says, as you've received, as each one has received a gift, use it. So there's a way in which you can have them and just they're laying dormant. You're not using them. And then he goes on. Um, he says, uh, whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. And, of course, that's the point that Paul makes in the whole gift uh, conversation is he says, no one says without the spirit of Christ. Jesus is Lord. And what he means is you're bringing Jesus as the Lord, as the, as the master glory by how you live and how you let the Holy spirit flow through your gifts. Um, that brings him glory. So like, for example, don't ever think that, you know, what he's saying is a non-believer can't say Jesus is Lord. They compare it that I've literally been in an exorcism where, uh, a demon has parroted Jesus as Lord, you know, like mocking it because somebody said, say Jesus is Lord and, I don't say compare it to that, but what Paul is saying is anyone who's out to glorify themselves is not operating in the spirit when they're trying to exalt themselves. But anyone exalting Christ is operating, who's saying Jesus is Lord through the manifestation of their gifts is operating according to the spirit. You got to read it in context. But, um, but that's, that's what you've been doing, Pete. It's the unconscious competent. It's the person who's operating in it without realizing this is my skill set. You see it in natural life and you see it in spiritual life. Mm. (laughs) So, Hey, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit next week about, um, how to discover your gifts and we'll go through some of them and talk about, you know, some of them specifically what they are. Cool
1: I dig it man I dig it well hey um when we do that what about for our pastors who uh you know maybe they they got uh, April 15th coming up and you know they, they got to get their taxes done and <clears throat> and they got to take care of all the workmen's comp and insurance issues what do you do like who's got the spiritual gift to help that guy out?
2: Um, you know, it's funny you should ask that. You know who God has strongly gifted that to? Someone with the gift of administration? I would say simplifychurch.com is a fine collection of people who are particularly gifted in that. And they'd love to help you out, Pete, for all of your financial needs, your tithing reports, your your, you know, IRS compliance and all your bookkeeping. And and do they have it listed in Romans?
1: Under spiritual gifts, website development—they <laughs> actually do, Pete. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I, I, the hey, new, the new, more updated translations have website yes, yes, development. The message. <laughs> the message. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's so classic. <laughs> the
2: message. <laughs> and yet we have butchered both the scripture and. Another commercial.
1: Oh my gosh! So, so now you understand why people don't keep coming back to our show. But anyway,
2: <laughs> but ironically, they do keep coming back to our do. shows. They're on all the time. What's wrong with you guys out there? That's, you're <laughs> sick. You people are disturbed. You people are sick. I would never do a podcast with an audience that would
1: even listen. To me. You, you people are messed up. Why are you keep coming back to my podcast, listening to us? <laughs> Wasn't that what uh, Groucho Marx said? I'd never join a club that would have me in it. Dude, we used to say that in college. We're like, dude, I would never date a girl who would stoop so low as to date me. <laughs> what
2: the heck? There's something wrong with that girl. Pretty much. Well, audience, now that we've abused you, we want to thank you for joining us today. <laughs> this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you that if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. <laughs>